way out of oppression. What does Exodus mean? Exodus simply means this, is that it's a situation in which many people, a large group of people, are actually exiting and leaving or moving or a mass departure, say departure. And so when we think about that, I believe this. In order to get a fuller meaning of communion or a fuller meaning of examining or exodus, we go back to the book of Exodus. And think about communion today, communion and the Passover, the Lord's Supper, if you will. We can get a better understanding of what the Bible says going back and looking at at the book of Exodus. Remember this, that the Lord chose Moses as the leader of the children of Israel to lead them out of bondage. Say bondage. For many years, they are in captivity, slavery. And because of that, the Lord said, Moses, as he went out into a desert place, notice, called him out, went out to a desert place and began to minister to Moses and said, I have a ministry for you. I have a purpose for you, just like God has a ministry and a purpose for every one of us. And he said, I've called you to lead my people out of bondage. Well, Moses didn't really understand all of that, but he began, began to, to tell him what he wanted him to do. Now, Moses was already there in Egypt. And we understand and learn in our Bible and understand our Bible that he grew up even in Pharaoh's home. And then as he grew up, he left because you understand that he began to to realize that how the people, the Hebrews were being suffering and under bondage and pain and he began to deal with his own life and what's going on. And God began to deal with him and told him that you are the deliverer of my people. And as he went back on nine separate occasions, on nine separate occasions, the Lord dealt with Pharaoh. Pharaoh chose to harden his heart. And in hardening his heart, the last, the last thing that Pharaoh said, actually that plague came upon them. And when he talked about the firstborn dying, that's exactly what took place. Oh, can you imagine that? I mean, so here's what happened, though, with the Hebrews, the children of Israel. The Lord said, here's what I want you to do, which connects us to communion. He says, I want you to, to take a lamb, a lamb that's spotless, a lamb that's without blemish, a lamb that I want you to sacrifice. Don't break any bones. Don't break any legs. And I want you to sacrifice it. But I want you to take the blood, the blood of the lamb, and I want you to place it upon the doorpost of your home, the top and the sides, because when the death angel comes by, it'll pass you by. And so that no one, your firstborn, will not die. But then he said, what I want you to do with that lamb, I want you to roast it. He gave them specific instructions and then to eat that. And then when they did that, it said that was their beginning of their departure out of bondage, the beginning of their departure out of, out of this, just when you think about the slavery and just think about many who died and think about those who, who just, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. You, be, you begin to realize over years and years of captivity. Now, I have not, you know, been in slavery. But I know people have been in slavery. And if you think about even in our modern day, you think about over 200, a little over 200, 300. You think about years and people that were in slavery and bondage. We think, we think about the Jews. We, we think about those that were, that were slaves over a period of time, the bondage that, they, that they've been through. And when, when they were set free, when the Emancipation Proclamation came through and they said, you are set free, no more slaves. I'm talking about they were some rejoicing, amen? But when you think about the children of Israel, And when they were set free, I mean, we're talking about a large mass of people. And when they took the communion, you begin to study the word of God. I mean, it says that as they went out, there was not one feeble one among them. They were healed. They were whole. If anyone had sickness, they were healed. I'm telling you. And then it said not even their shoes didn't even wear out. Ladies, I know you would like some of them shoes today. Come on, you go shopping and get some nice shoes, man. You wear them. They don't even wear out. They don't even look like they've been used. But that's what God's hand of deliverance, that's what God's hand of protection was upon them. And then I think about the lamb 
Oh, Jesus is the lamb. We sung about the lamb today. And it's as if it's the second exodus for you and I, for the Lord to lead you and I out of bondage. Whatever has been binding you, whatever has been holding you back, know today that God has sent you a deliverer, Jesus, who will lead you out of bondage. Can you say praise the Lord to that? Amen. So let's continue to look at our notes today because God has provided a way out. He has provided a way out for you and me. I like to say it this way, that God brought us out so that he could bring us in. He brought us out so he can bring us in. So here's what we're going to be discussing this morning. Number one, you'll see, we're, not, we're just going to go through the, the actual five points. The fact is that God has provided a new way out. He also has provided a new way in. And also, he'll give us a, a new heart. And in giving us a new heart, a new way of living. And then a new destination. And as the children of Israel, I believe that understand this, that they wandered and wandered in the wilderness. And some of them just didn't get a hold of the fact that they had a destination. That destination for them was the promised land. Say promised land. You see, our destination is where? Heaven. Praise God. But we can have a little bit of heaven right here on earth. Praise God. And that's what we're going to do and enjoy the goodness of God. So let's look together at our theme. Our theme this morning simply says this, God has provided a way out. And I know sometimes you may feel like, Lord, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. I don't know how we're going to get over this, but I need help right now. I need someone to come to my aid. But God, I believe, is telling us this morning as we took our communion and as we believed God that he says, I've already provided a way out for you, that he's brought you and I out so he can bring us in. Oh, man, that's just, that's just exciting to begin to even think about that. And so let's follow along in our notes, our text this morning, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Matthew 26. Matthew 26. We're going to stay on the line, along the lines of communion. And in Matthew 26, we talked about the lamb. So let's, let's read what it says about Jesus being our lamb and the purpose of him coming. Matthew chapter 26, let's look together at verse 26. And then we'll go through verse 28. Matthew 26, verse 28. It says this. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remissions of sins. Jesus was the perfect, blameless lamb of God. And his purpose was to come to take away the sins of the world for those who believe. Do you believe? I believe. And aren't you glad that the purpose of Jesus was to come and to take our sins away? And as we continue to look, let's go down to number one, a new way out. God has already provided, say already. See, what happens a lot of time is this. People are in bondage, not realizing that God has already set them free. It's as if a prisoner is in jail, and then he was, they've been received or given a pardon. And in given a pardon, then you go to the prison cell, it's open, the doors are wide open, and then the prisoner is still sitting inside. Now, if someone walked by, they would say to them, why are you still sitting inside? The reason why they're still sitting inside, because they don't realize that they've already been set free. And all they have to do is now just walk through the door. 
See, we have already been set free from bondage. Jesus came, he's our deliverer, and he delivered us from sin. And so what we have to do is begin to realize he's already delivered us, then we're set free and just walk right out into our blessings and receive that. Can you say amen? And so along those lines, let's look together at Romans chapter 5, 6 through 8. A new way out. Jesus came to give you and I a new way out. God has a new way of dealing with mankind, and he has a new way of getting us out of sin and into his family. Aren't you glad about that? Say family. That's right. God loves us, and he's all about family. Well, it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, it says, when we, when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Aren't you glad? And for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, man, we ought to get excited about that, that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, he made a deposit. He, he, he deposited into the bank of life, if you will, and he had every one of us in mind that I'm going to die on the cross for them. Even though they're sinners, I'm going to do what I was chosen to do, called to do, and I'm going to set them free. Now the responsibility is, is, of course, the word of God, the spirit of God, for us to receive it and to realize that we have been set free. No more bondage. Say, no more bondage. Amen? We have been set free from the enemy. What enemy? Enemy of sickness, disease, poverty, lack. You and I have been set free. And so what we have to do is say, Lord, help us, help our understanding. Give us wisdom and knowledge to know that we are no longer held captive. Now, if we are held captive as a believer, then that simply means it's by choice. And what I mean by choice is that we've made decisions we're thinking along the wrong lines. Come on, we're not thinking along the right lines or making the right decisions on what God has already done. So if God has says, I've already delivered you from bondage, then therefore, then we should be delivered. God says, I've already healed you, then we have a right to be healed. Come on now. If God tells us that, that I've, al- I've already set you free, then we have a right to be set free. So what is it then? What is causing us as the people of God to still be held in bondage? What is causing us, I believe, to be still way over like the children of Israel? Well, they walked out, they were free, set free, but yet they still began to yearn, to look back, to want to go back to how the things were in the past. What is it? What's going on with the body of Christ? And I simply means this is because we need to lift up our heads and begin to focus on our destination. Our destination is heaven. And I'm telling you, when we take our eyes off the prize, these are things that happen. But also we need to be taught the word of God. Say the word of God. And to, be t- and to be taught the Word of God, we need to allow the Word of God to come in our hearts. Now, when we miss it, we blow it. What do we do? We ask God for forgiveness. We get on the right path. As I shared yesterday in our, in our membership class, it's just like this. We are going down the highway, the highway of life. And, man, we're just traveling. Everything is great. You know there's many exits on the highway, and there's some good exits, and there's some bad. Now the question is, which exits are we going to take? Because if we stay on the highway and we listen to the Spirit of God, we take the right exit, then we're going to go to the right place. There's going to be blessings forevermore. But by chance, have you ever taken the wrong exit? I know I have. You've taken the wrong exit and you end up saying, how did I get here? Why am I here? What 
what decisions did I make? What choices did I make? I cannot believe I'm here. Now, what happens a lot of times is this. Instead of dwelling there, we should just simply get, listen, get back in our vehicles. Come on and get back on the highway or take a U-turn and turn around. But a lot of times we sit there as believers and we just sit there and go, oh, Lord, oh, woe is me. How am I ever going to get better? And the Lord is saying, just turn around. Just turn around. Amen? And, I'm, and so I'm encouraging you. I'm encouraging myself that if we find ourselves on the highway of life and we're going and going, we've, take, we've taken the wrong turn. Now, I know, men, I'm not slamming you, you know, uh, but I know sometimes we have a hard time in listening to our wives or listening to someone that tries to tell us you're going the wrong way. Amen. Oh, watch out now, see? And what happens is what we have to do is humble ourselves, everyone, and recognize I'm going the wrong way. But most men, it's like, I've got it, not a problem. Or we're going to turn around right down here, and right down here turns into right down there, and then right down there. Next thing you know, what really what only took about five minutes, now it took an hour and a half. Am I right about that? See? But that's what happens in life. Listen, we may laugh and joke about that, but that's what happens in life. It's taken, see, we've gone further than we wanted to go, and we've stayed longer than we wanted to stay. And what we have to do is say, Lord, help me, and he will. And then we turn around. And in turning around, we get back on the right track. We go back in the right direction. We begin to focus on our destiny and it's heaven, but we can still have a little bit of heaven right here on earth. And that's what God has prepared for you and me. He's prepared that for us. So I want to encourage you this morning that receive everything that God has prepared for you. Now, notice this in your notes. Even though God had delivered the children of Israel, but just as Israel was powerless, that blank there is powerless, even as they were powerless to get out of Egypt, we are powerless to get ourselves out of bondage. And what happens a lot of times, and here's a thought. I have this in your note, notes, and look with me. The thought is this. You know, we can't just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and suddenly start living right and doing the right thing. Now, that's a, that's a mindset. There'll be those like, oh, yeah, that's all I have to do. I can just, all right, I'll just do this, and I'll just do that, and I'll just start living right, and everything will be great. But come to find out if you don't add faith to that. See, we have to have faith to it, to live it, to live it out. Say, live it out. So we have to put faith, we have to put our our faith in Jesus Christ and ask him to forgive us, to cleanse us, and to deliver us. It's not enough to say, I know what to do and not do it. Come on now. Amen? And so I want to encourage you. Yeah, I mean, that sounds good, but see, if, if it's all about me, oh, this is all I have to do. All I've got to do is just pull up my bootstraps and just, I know what's wrong, and I know what I've got to do. I can make the adjustments anytime. Listen, that is not about God. That's all about the individual, see? And then as long as we continue to think that way, we'll continue to be in bondage. And God has already set us free. The prison's door is open. Why are we still inside? We've been set free. Now, so let's go on, number two. Not only has he given us a new way out, but I believe that God has given us a new way in. Say in. And so let's turn to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. Go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22. God has already provided. Oh, man, it's not that he's going to provide. He has already. Say already. He's already provided a way out and now a new way in. Everybody say new. That's right. He's provided a new way in. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 22 says this. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by, uh, uh, by the blood of Jesus, 
by a new, notice that, new and living way. If you don't mind marking in your Bibles, you'll see we're talking about a new way. It says right here, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. Verse 21, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us, that's every one of us, draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Notice it says here in verse 20, by a new and living way. God has brought us in, and he's provided a new and living way, and that new and living way is through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm telling you, when you think about the veil was torn in two and that it was ripped, and therefore that was, there, there was a bridge that was connected now because sin separate the fellowship, broken fellowship with God and man. But aren't you glad that Jesus stepped in and he became that bridge that brought us that connection back to God? And so we begin to understand that, that you and I have, have been given a new lease on life, if you will. When we took communion, what it, rec- what it symbolized in our lives is that Jesus died on the cross Yes, he brought healing and he brought forgiveness. A new way of living. A new way of living. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. I said all things. But you know what happens at times? Our minds, our souls, you understand, has to be renewed to the things of God. Because they'll try to pull us back into things what that used to be, the way I used to think, the way the things that people used to say, and try to shape us and mold us and squeeze us into the ways of the world. And so we as believers have to constantly press in, I believe, in the Word of God, be taught the Word of God, daily get in the Word of God to remind us of who we are in God, in Christ. And to remind ourselves, says, no, 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 I'm not going to go that way anymore because God has provided a new and living way for me, for you, and that we can live victorious all the time. Say all the time. You see, and some people say, is, can that be true? How can that be true? And the reason why they say that, because it's based on themselves. It's based on them trying to put their own selves over. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know, but God can. I don't, know if, I don't know if I can get over this situation, but Jesus can help you, see? And what we have to say, Lord, help me, and he will, amen? And he'll do that every time. Say every time. Praise God. And so here's the next blank for you to fill this in. God has provided a new way in. That means into right relationship. That blank there is relationship. So God has provided a new way in into right relationship and friendship with him. Aren't you glad that he sees us as a friend of God? We are now friends. We were lost. Listen, we were lost without hope in despair. But Jesus came, died on the cross for you and I. And today, we can honestly say that we are friends of God, that we belong to the family of God. Oh, man, when you begin to think about it, how we were living, how we were so lost, doomed, destined for hell. But aren't you glad today that we've been given a new lease on life? I mean, we're headed in a new direction. We're no longer lost. We've been found, and we are now enjoying a new and living way in Christ. Oh, God is good. I said God is good all the time. And so, as we continue to look in our notes... You can have access. We can have access into God's presence. You see that? 
as his child and friend because of what? Because of the blood. Everybody say the blood. So your blank there is the blood, the blood of Jesus. We are given access. We have been given access into the holies of holies by the blood of Jesus. Washing, just like in the days of old, the children of Israel. Remember, they took the hyssop and they took the blood of that lamb and they, and they, they put it over the doorpost of their home covered by the blood. And you and I will take the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, and put it over the doorpost of our hearts and that we're covered by the blood, the blood of the Lamb. And we have been given a new lease, a new beginning on life. And that means sickness has to go. Come on, fear, it has to go. Worry has to go. Doubt, unbelief, it has to go because it doesn't belong to us. We have been delivered from every enemy of our soul. Lord, help us to understand that. Help us to receive that. Worry doesn't belong to you. Worry doesn't belong to me. Worry is simply a negative form of meditation. So the thought is, is what are we meditating upon? We should be meditating upon a new and living way. Not the things of old, but a new and living way. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. And so you can see, or it says here, we have access into God's presence as his child and friend because of the blood of Jesus that was poured out for many for the forgiveness of our sins. Oh, thank you, Lord. Number three, number three, a new way. He's given us a new heart. Oh, aren't you glad for a new heart? I, I tell you simply this. I thank God for changing my heart. There's times in my life where I just, you know, I was raised and I grew up, and there's no excuse. I'm just telling you how I was raised. I was raised in the inner city, and, and it was always having to always, you know, kind of look out you know, for, for this. So look out for that. I'm kind of always on the defense because you just never know. Someone may try to take advantage of you. But not only that, I had a chip on my shoulder because when I was five years old, I lost my dad. He passed away. And because of that, I mean, I felt like I was robbed. And I had this attitude. And the attitude was that no one could tell me anything. In fact, I always had a better way. And the problem was, especially adults. Can I talk to you this morning? And see, and so what happened is, is that an adult would try to come speak into my life, try to mentor me. I wouldn't have it. I don't want to hear it because I was just all, I was just mad at life. I mean, I was mad at God and I didn't understand it because I, I mean, you know, I look at different families. I just wanted to have a family and I felt like, Lord, how come I don't have a family? What's going on here? What? And, and my mom uh, tried to talk to her about what happened. And it was like, you know, one of those things, I don't want to talk about it. So it wasn't a good situation. But I realized this, that he had a massive heart attack. Well, because of his lifestyle. I didn't know all that and how he lived. You know, the only thing I remember, honestly, and I'm just being open with you this morning, the only thing I truly remember about my dad is that, of course, when I did something wrong. How many remember when you got the beat down? I mean, he is a big man. I mean, 6'4 plus. Everybody on my father's side is at least 6'4, 6'5, 6'6. And I took after mama, so now you can see. Because you're already thinking what happened to you, okay? So, but my son got it. Stephen is like 6'4". And so I'm thinking, yeah, okay, just keep it going. And we got a grandson. Just keep it going, you know what I mean? So, but what happened, of course, and then Betty met, met my family. I tried to warn her. I said, honey, now listen, don't be in shock. Because you're going to look at me, you're going to look at them. And this is my family. I just want you to know that. She said, what are you talking about? I said, everybody's tall but me. She's like, whatever. So when we went to, of course, my brother had passed away, and, and we went to his funeral. And then the whole day, Betty's like this. 
And she's like, wow. What? She's like, what happened to you? Just constantly, mama. Just keep thinking mama. Okay, that's what happened. And I took after my mama. And, 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 and I tell you what, it's a, it's a good thing because we need to bring balance. All right. Now, but with that, we need balance. But with that, I, was, I grew up so hard. No one could tell me anything. And whenever I went to school, now I was good in, in school. I enjoyed school. I enjoyed getting away. It was a getaway. But if you tried to correct me, especially teachers and things of that nature, I would shut you down. I wouldn't speak to you. My heart was so hardened. And I thank God that a Jewish man, Mike, came to my rescue. I believe God sent him. I mean, who would think that combination? Here I am, an inner city boy. And, and I went to the Boys and Girls Club of America. And here is this ex-football you know, football player sees me, and starts connecting with me. Well, of course, you know, I, I try to give him a hard time too. And then, you know, I wanted to go into the Boys and Girls Club. I wanted to play basketball, and I wanted to go in for free. Everybody say free. He's like, no, I'm going to teach you a lesson in life. Life isn't free. He said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a broom. I want you to sweep the floor, sweep the gym, and then you get in free. I said, I'm not sweeping no floor. I dropped the broom and went outside, and I stayed outside. Until I, I said, wait a minute, what am I doing? I want to get in there. I'm out here. All I got to do is sweep the floor. So I went inside and swept the floor. That was the beginning of our relationship. And he began to mentor me. And he began to help me. Do you know that this man, Mike, helped me get into college? And, and, and he, he helped me even, even to get my driver's license. He became a dad to me. And I thank God for that. You know, the other thing I'll tell you this, the last thing about, but God has given me a heart. Come on now. God, like he'll give you a new heart. But the other thing I'll tell you this that, that happened to me, and it was, oh, right before I gave my heart to the Lord. And, and there was this at the boys club. There's this nice young lady. I call everybody young, whether you're 50, 60, 80, 90, 100. We're all young in the Lord. Come on. And so what happened is this. I was playing, playing ping pong. I was, supposed to, I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing, working. She came up, corrected me, and said, what are you doing playing ping pong? I don't want to hear it. I'm just playing my little game. I'll be fine. And she was correcting me in front of everybody. Well, I took issue with that. You understand. Just being real. And got upset and kind of told her off a little bit. Went on my way, went down, did my thing. Well, my junior year in college, I realized that I need help. I went, I went to church my whole life, but church wasn't in me. So what happened simply this is I said, okay, Lord, I need some help. Gave my heart to the Lord, began living for God. And then when I did that, I went to this church, this one church, the Assembly of God Church. I went and I went down to the altar just for prayer. And then I noticed there was this warm hand that was on my back. I didn't know who it was. Someone was praying for me. I needed prayer. And then when I looked up and got up to my knees, guess who that was? It was that woman who actually spoke to me, was trying to help me. And I embraced her and said, thank you. But why didn't I know all that then? See, we learn our lessons in life. Amen? So, but God has given me a new heart. And so it depends, it doesn't matter what you come out of. If you'll just yield your life to God, God will change your heart. Today, man, I love everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from. I don't care young or old. I mean, I'm a hugger, you know, and I'll talk to anybody anywhere. Walmart, Kmart, I mean, McDonald's. Hi, what's your name? My name is. That's the way I am. I want to get to know you. And so God had to do a work in my heart. What am I saying this morning? That God is all about giving us a new heart. Say new heart. So you see this in Ezekiel chapter 36. Let's look at one verse. Ezekiel 36, verse 26. And what God said here is this, that I will give you a new heart and put a 
new spirit within you. Oh, I like that. A new heart and a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Oh, aren't you glad that he'll take the stony heart and remove it and give you a heart of flesh, make you nice. Come on, give you a little season in your life so people can, can be around you. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Some people just kind of agitate you. You know, you don't want to be around them. Of course, that's none of y'all. Amen? But God changes us from the inside out when we come to him asking, notice, for forgiveness. Lord, thank you for forgiveness. Number four. Number four. A new way of living. Oh, Lord, help us to get a hold of this, this thought. A new way of living. First John chapter 2, verse 3 and 6. First John chapter 2, verse 3 and 6. A new way of living. You see, God's new way of living in dealing with man changes how we think. That's your blank. It changes how we think. This new way of living will change how you think, and it changes how we act. Now, I continue to, I continue to tell you, stay with God. Stay with God because your actions will catch up with what has happened on the inside of your heart. Don't give up on God. It seems like, Lord, I know what the Word says. I know I'm supposed to be doing this. I know I'm supposed to be doing that. And I know I'm not supposed to be doing this and not supposed to be doing that. But stay with God. Everybody say, stay with God. Because what will happen over time, that our actions will begin to line up with our words. Amen? And our words are saying, Lord, I just want to live for you. I just want to be a blessing to you. Then continue to say that and to continue to walk it out. Say, walk it out. And so it says here in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 and 6, it says, now by this, we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought also or ought himself also to walk just as he walked. And so God will give us a new way of living, a new way of talking, a new way of thinking, a new way of behaving, a new way of acting. And he does that, again, as we read earlier, because he gives, he's given us a new heart. Amen? He'll give you a new heart. If you know someone, you're thinking, man, how come that person is so hard? How come it seems like they just don't get along? They're very abrasive with everybody. I want to encourage you. You know, we don't know what's going on in their lives. Just begin to pray for them and ask God to change their heart. Lord, touch their heart. Send someone across their path to help them because he'll do it. And he'll remove that stony heart and give them a heart of flesh once again. Because God loves them just like he loves you and I. He loves them. And then let's look at number five. God has given us a new destination. Our destination is heaven. I said our destination is heaven. And we've got to keep our eyes on heaven. A new destination. Notice what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But, you see, a lot of times people stop there at 9. People stop there at 9. And what happens is this. But, everybody say but. God has revealed them to us. To who? Say to me. Say it again. God has revealed to me, right, through what? Through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. 
For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Ooh, I like that. And so we have a destination. Listen, we have a destination. And what I believe happened to the children of Israel of old, that many of them took their eyes off the promised land. You see, because God promised to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses got a hold of the promise. And God spoke to him and said, that which I promised Abraham, Moses, you are going to fulfill and lead the people to the promised land, Canaan land. But some of them took their eyes off and they got into complaining. They started backbiting. They started getting on Moses and saying, why? Why has God brought us out in the wilderness to die and begin to complain about the goodness of God? I will tell you this as you look in your notes. What should have only taken three months took 40 years because of their bitterness in their hearts, bickering, complaining towards God. Think about it. Three months took 40 years. And then there were those who still did not enter in because of their unbelief. And so I will tell you that we are going to enter into our promised land. We're going to enter in and receive heaven. I said receive heaven because God has already promised it for us. So our promised land is heaven and where, and where, we still, and where we'll be with the Lord forever. Now let me conclude by saying this. That remember that God provided a new way out. And in providing a new way out, it's a new exodus for you and I. From the old life of sin now to an old life of hopelessness to now a newness of life. Not only that, a new way in. God has provided a new way in for you that you and I can enjoy. We can enjoy a close relationship with God. We can have that family again with God because of Christ. Say because of Christ. And so I want to encourage you the rest of the week is begin to spend a little time thinking about where you're going. Where am I going? And what am I doing to get there? How am I acting? What am I saying? Where am I going? Don't take your eyes off the prize. Don't do it. And along that line too, remember that his blood, say the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood, the blood of Jesus. His blood has provided a new and living way for you and I to enjoy Come on, to enjoy and to receive. He has delivered us out of bondage. He has set us free. And he who the Son sets free is truly free indeed. God has given you a new heart. He's given you a new way of walking. He's given you a new way of talking. And I just encourage you this morning, all we have to do is receive. Amen? Oh, we're going to sing this song this morning. Oh, the blood, the blood of Jesus. And I want you to remember and begin to think about the goodness of God and all that he has provided for you. And now, no matter what you're going through this morning, all we have to do in order to receive this new way of living, this new heart, is just say yes to Jesus. Just say, yes, Lord. Lord, I hear you. Yes, Lord. 